This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. I'm Glenda Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I am Jamie Jennings. And surprise, I'm uh, in Solvang, California. Flag is a farm. And you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for September 29th, episode 2777. Good morning, horse people. Hey, you made it to Wednesday. Only three days left till a weekend full of horsey fun. Lucky for you, you have Jamie and Glenn to get you through on Horses in the Morning. Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us. And yes, surprise, it was a surprise to me that Jamie was out there, too. So we were both surprised. Uh, Yay! You, you decided to go out there for some therapy after last week? Uh, uh, pretty much, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, Chad took a, a golf trip to unwind, and I just was like, I just had had enough in my existence, and I've got a little bit of a lull in training horses. My next training horses don't come till October 20th, so I was like... I called Debbie and I said, Hey, Debbie, how's it going? She's like, Oh, it's fine. I'm like, Can I come over tomorrow? <laughs> Can I come play? There's got to be a benefit. To, <laughs> Can I come over and play? There's got to be a benefit to your husband being an airline pilot and being gone half the time is that you can just hop on an empty flight if there is one. So I don't know if I'll get home, but I might live here now. We'll see. <laughs> I, but I got here. Well, I'm glad you're there. We'll find out all about what she's doing there. I know they're going to put you to work because you can't just go there and visit. That's not allowed. I already did. I already got off the plane and they put me to work. <laughs> I have a story for you from the other day. So Jennifer, our uh, Nigel, Jennifer's big thoroughbred, lives in the backfield, so you can't even see it from the house. So she was walking back there one day to to get him to bring him in, and it was later in the afternoon, and uh, she noticed this lump over by his feed bucket. Now it's a big field; it's probably three acres. She, so she walked over to see what the lump was, and there's a raccoon. And we know this raccoon's been around because we've seen him uh, passing by on occasion. Big, big raccoon. So she noticed this raccoon overeating his droppings by his bucket. Well, she she thought she, she and she got close enough, probably ten feet away from the raccoon, and the raccoon was too busy eating to even notice her. So uh, she gets about ten feet away, and then she goes, "Well, I got to make sure Nigel doesn't cause trouble here." She looks over, and Nigel's at a dead run. Heading because he also noticed the raccoon. And she witnessed this whole thing like 10 feet from her. He ran up and trampled this thing with his front legs and front feet. He just stomped the thing over and over and over again. Like no hesitation, ran up and stomped it. And she was standing there in total disbelief because (laughs) who's ever seen this before? Uh, So Uh she. She managed to I have everybody listening has seen this, Glenn. Let me stop you because this is obviously a part of the movie Black Stallion when <laughs> Alec Ramsey is sitting on the beach and the black sees a spider, a cobra, and he runs up and he stomps the cobra to save Alec's life. 
Nigel was saving Jennifer. I guess, no, I think he was saving raccoon. his feed bucket is what he was saving. So Listen, she ba- boys think like that. Girls <laughs> think of like this. Okay. You think he's eating the food. I think that he was protecting Jennifer. Well, Jennifer managed to get her. Nigel away and the thing scampered away. And she, she took Nigel and brought him in and went back out and looked. And she, she, she said he must have went into the woods or something because she didn't find him. But she said, there's no way he lived through that for the whole night. There's no way he oh made gosh, it through the night. to be rewarded. He saved her life. He saw a rat. I think he was away from your wife, and he was like, "I have to save my mother." We kind of have this theory that uh, the raccoons pissed him off before, and he had just had enough. That was <laughs> he just you had can enough. Take that, but I'm going to take my 12 year old girl mentality of the black stallion saving Alec Ramsey from the cobra. Of course, the so first thing I said is, did this thing bite him in the leg? Because, you know, you think rabies right away, right? So, or at least I do from doing this show for the last 10 years and everything to kill a horse. So she said, no, this thing never had a chance to bite him. <laughs> so it it's was, yeah, I know, isn't that nuts? Nigel the murderer. <laughs> Coming up Nigel in today's show. Murderer. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> yeah, there's there's no evidence that the thing actually died. Uh, we have so coming much. up a, something that's a little more positive on today's show. Debbie from Gentle Carousel Miniature Therapy Horses here in Florida, who's every who's been on our show many times, but we haven't talked to in probably two years, joins us to talk about her adorable new book called Mini Horse Mighty Hope. Also, Jamie's at Flags Up Farm, and she's got a guest coming up here in just a minute. And also, our Daily Dose health tip is on the use of kin- kinesiology tape for horses and riders. Uh, I saw somebody talking about that on Facebook the other day, one of our listeners, and I was like, oh, we need to talk about that. So we're going to bring that to you today. But first, we have Daily Winnies, as always. Well, we have a couple auditor birthdays. Alexandra Sandiford, who is from Georgia, was our first stop on the road show. Also, Casey Berger and our own favorite musician, Templeton Thompson. It's her birthday today, too. So happy birthday, Tempe. Hope to talk to you soon. Okay, so my Daily Winnie pretty much goes out to everybody around here in California because, I, you know, I, I call Debbie and I say, can I come over tomorrow? And she's like, absolutely, come on. And then I realize that I'm an hour away from the farm. I haven't rented a car. How am I going to get from the airport to the farm? Well, it turns out that Monty and Pat are in town. They're at a doctor's appointment or something. So they actually come and pick me up. From the airport. So Monty uh, and, and Pat Roberts come and pick me up and I hop in the car and uh, they need to go shopping. So I took him with my Costco card to Costco and where Pat Roberts and I proceeded to buy a plethora of wine. So um, <laughs> I think they only sell it by the case there, don't they? I mean, you know, it's like it's free, so you might as well get several <laughs> bottles while we're there. So anyway, just thanks to I everybody. They like here. you coming out. You buy the booze. Let's go. Let's go to this. Let's go. She's like, I don't have a Costco card. I'm like, I do. (laughs) Let's go. I'm surprised they have one up in there. It's pretty rural up there. 
Yeah, well, a, we were we were in Goleta. Okay. Near, oh, that sounds even bigger. You know, that's, yeah, that's, it's huge. Metropolis. <laughs> hey, before we get to your guest, I just wanted to mention, remind everybody that tomorrow is International Podcast Day. So if you get a chance today on your social media, no matter what it is, Instagram or Facebook or Twitter, we don't care. If you can mention our show and tell everybody you like our show, maybe put a link to horsesinthemorning.com. We would appreciate the support. Also, it's another, so fun to see all those posts, oh, too. Man, there must um, have been about a hundred. Thank you, everybody who did. <laughs> it's like tons. Very of cool. Tons. And also, the other way you can help support us is by leaving us a review. As if it's five star. If you leave us a one star review, we don't want you to. But if you leave us a good review, <laughs> please post a review right on your podcast player. Whether you have Apple, any podcast player usually has a review section. If you don't feel like writing something out, you can just give us stars. We appreciate that too. But that also helps the show. So thank you if you can do that for us. And we thank everybody who has. As I said, there's been about a hundred people that have posted that I've seen, and well, uh, I, a lot I, of nice I tried things. To click- I tried to click like on all of them, but I have I have put my phone away for the entire time I'm here. So I told my husband, I said, if you need me, call Debbie because I don't have my phone. Right, not logging in on Facebook. If I need you, I'll call yeah. Debbie. Okay. If you anybody needs me, call Debbie. She's my personal assistant for the week. <laughs> but um, yeah. So so I, I'm not going to see any more for a couple of days. But I think it's really really fun to see all those. Actually, I I kind of wanted somebody was like, I love this show. I listen to Horses in the Morning, and I wanted to be like, those guys suck. <laughs> Don't listen to that garbage. <laughs> so, but um, yeah, I appreciate everybody doing that. And uh, one other thing, you only have two days to get your really bad ads in before Friday, and we're going to give away the prizes on Friday. So four or $500 prizes from horselovers.com. So get your ads into Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com. And one of the prizes is a sports bra that zips in the front, and it's amazing. And I've gotten so many emails about this sports bra, and then people asking me what's what bras I recommend that have zip fronts for post-surgery shoulders or shoulder pain. So you know what? You've become the bra expert now. I'm sort of <laughs> You're the, a bra the consultant. bra expert right now. I'm <laughs> a consultant, yeah. And um, I just to answer blanketly for everybody, I don't know. I'm still I'm still searching for the one. Maybe the email bra is where I need to go. So maybe I can win it. <laughs> they ain't cheap, those email bras. <laughs> Nine, that's why I don't have one. It's like eighty bucks. <laughs> so you want to win one. All right, introduce your guest and uh, take it away. All right. Well, I would like to welcome Denise Heinlein. She is the head instructor here at Flags Up Farm, and she's been stuck in Germany for quite some time. So, I mean, that was kind of one of the main reasons I came is that I haven't seen Denise, who was my instructor when I was going through the courses. And I haven't been able to see her in a long time because of COVID and all that fun stuff. But we've broken her out of Germany, and she is here. Hold on. We're going to have to share a microphone, so I'm going to get a little creative. I'm going to interview you like I'm um, on TV, you know, or I hand the mic to you. So, um, thank you. How, how did, how did you get out? I did a little U-turn. Hello, everybody. It's nice to be here. Finally back. And yes, I did do a little U-turn for 14 days to the Dominican Republic. So then I legally was allowed to enter America. So. Okay. So in Germany, you're not allowed to come to the U.S., but you're allowed to go to the islands and then the islands people are allowed to come here. So you had to go quarantine in the Dominican. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Well, it's a little bit uh, questionable if this is a word, but uh, 
It got me to uh, some beaches and I came here with a really nice tan. Um, uh, so, uh, yeah, well, that's what it uh, took me to come here. But I was glad, you know, to take that little extra time. I do. I did feel terrible for you that you had to go spend 14. I've never seen a blonde German so tan in my entire life, but you, it, it's looking good on you. Well, thank you very much. I enjoyed my time there, I have to admit. But I'm really, really glad that I'm here now, finally, after such a long time. It's actually been the longest time since 2008 that I haven't been here on the farm. So I got really kind of second homesick. Yeah. Second homesick. I like that. So you are here and you are teaching the advanced course. And I know that there's a backlog of people that are trying to take the advanced course. So there's actually two back-to-back um, advanced courses going on that you're going to teach. And this first one here, I was really excited to meet three American males. Three American boys are taking the advanced course, which is really cool. But you immediately put me to work. Talk of what are their names again? Hawkeye and Radar. Those two are wild uh, donkeys. They're coming from a Dreamcatcher sanctuary. <laughs> yeah, so they're BLM branded wild donkeys. And you said, would you like to help us with the donkeys after the class? And I'm, uh, yeah, but I've never worked with a donkey. So what are we going to do? Well, I have not much experiences with donkeys either. So that was all a learning experience for all of us. So I have to say donkeys are definitely uh, different than training horses. You have to be really aware, you know, of the freeze moment. So they kind of. Well, explain that because I know when we were going through the course, you know, you've got the horses fight or flight and donkeys have an additional fight, flight and freeze. So maybe explain that a little bit. Well, horses do have it as well a little, this freezing moment before they make the decision if they, you know, should fight or take off. I think every rider knows that <laughs> when it's like, okay, the moment to breathe out and kind of go on for the next step. But the donkeys did do that extremely. I mean, they were just frozen. We said like the one is playing invisible. <laughs> if I don't move, if I don't do a move, um, you won't be seeing me. So that was quite funny, you know, to observe this behavior because he did not even fling an eye when we started to touch him in the beginning. Um, but yeah, I mean, we got to the point where we could uh, touch all over the bodies in, in the shoot and then get the halter on. But definitely um, uh, this freezing uh, mood is something extreme in the donkeys, which I have not seen that much uh, in horses. I will tell you that uh, she says we need to get these donkeys feet trimmed and the farriers coming on Friday. And, and um, I, I, I'm going to tell you, they look adorable and they're so cute with their giant ears and they look so sweet, but dear God, that hind end can pack a punch. Oh yeah. They're quick. If they then decide to make a move, um, he was very reactive on the hind legs, super protective uh, about the legs. And they go quite a bit into pressure. So that means if we started to touch their legs down, they would almost kind of kneel into you know the touch. And the object uh, we touched them with was like a, a long stick uh, with some plastic bundled around so that we could reach um, the feet without uh, getting in uh, dangerous positions. And... 
so we incrementally introduced the whole, um, the donkey to it. Um, but each time it went to the kind of vulnerable areas in the front feet and also on the hind legs, he started to um, e first go into pressure and then to, uh, you know, give it a try to kick it. That was not a try. That was a, I mean, they're so tiny and cute and you're like, oh my God, it's so sweet. And I was like, I really want a donkey because we're having coyote problems and I could take one home. And then I'm like, oh God, no, I'm not taking that home. Holy cow. Those things are athletes. Yeah. Well, that's true. They have uh, definitely taught the students of the advanced course quite a bit of reading the levels of um, anxiety and, uh, you know, kind of not being happy, but not overreacting like a horse, you know, so you have to be super attentive um, to the inside feeling of those donkeys, uh, because they did show that they are not happy, you know, with being touched and so on, but they didn't really express it in any kind of movement. So you really have to be alert on that. It's not only about, you know, jumping away or giving you big reactions that horses or in this case, the donkeys show you that they are not quite happy yet with what is going on. Well, I will say that as as reactive as they were, it wasn't like we were just trying to pet them yesterday. We were trying to actually pick up hind feet. And, you know, we use a, it's called an artificial arm and it's, it's a long cane that's covered with a sleeve and a glove. And so you can use the cane with the thumb to like hook around their back legs and pick them up and all that's great. So I will say that, very quickly. I mean, these went from completely wild to we had halters on them and we're leading them around yesterday. So it's not like they're lost causes. I don't mean to say that, but today I'm excited to see the difference in how they are and how reactive they are with their hind legs. Do we get to play with donkeys again today? Yes, of course we play with donkeys. I'm looking forward to it. I love them. They are really cute. They are so cute. I've I've never worked with a donkey, so it's kind of cool. And then to work with a wild donkey first is is pretty fun. Now, uh, the other thing that happens here, I wanted to talk to you about two things: donkeys and donuts. Because you walked up here with a big, giant, huge cake like sized donut. And I, of course, see you with a donut and I say, uh-oh. What did somebody do? Because here in the advanced course, there are some things that if you do these particular things, you have to buy the farm donuts. So go, go over what, and, and by the way, I employ this at my house as well. So let's do, let's talk about some of the, the reasons that these poor students living in a bunkhouse might have to actually go to Albertsons or the donut shop and buy a dozen donuts for the farm. What are some things people do wrong to deserve this? To clarify, Albertsons donuts are not okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have a really good donut shop here and they already know us. So whenever somebody comes in and says, I need a, a box of donuts, they're like, are you from Monty Roberts place? <laughs> and so, yes. Well, this tradition goes on forever. It already happened when I was here uh, for my advanced course 2008. And it is actually to uh, the same as we do with horses. We have like the positive instant consequences and the negative instant consequences <laughs> for behavior. So you can allow yourself to do basically everything here at Flaggestab Farms because it's one of the um, most things I 
love about here is that learning is allowed, you know, in any way. So you can do great, but you can also make some mistakes and that's okay. You just have to deal with the consequences of your behavior. I love it when something happens and you hear Denise from a mile away go, donuts. You're like, dang it. Okay. So what are some things that people get? What, what are some of the actions that they receive this consequence for? Anything which has to do with safety. So safety for horses and, but also for the students is um, number one. So therefore everything where you can get hurt or you can, you know, cause your horse to get hurt, this is like the donut rules. So that means if you, for example, um, while tacking up, um, stick your hand through the stirrup really far so you can be caught in it since we are dealing here with, as you said, Mustangs and, uh, and young horses. So they, they are reactive. So you have to train yourself to be really in tune with whatever movement, um, you do. So everything safety, sticking the hands through the stirrup. I still have that in my mind when I go close to sticking my hands through, I'm like, Oh, oh donuts. And then <laughs> I, I pull my hand back. So it really works well. Um, then when you, for example, lose a horse, you know, so you go further, um, walking with them or bringing them to any kind of obstacles and you don't really read your horse well where they might feel overwhelmed and then make the decision to run back towards their buddies and to the stall and this is um, a donut rule so that's where most of the time the whole farm is then looking for the horse but also um, uh, being happy because they know the next day morning it will be donuts so it's actually really nice to, uh, you know, allow this learning, but still, you know, you should be aware that you kind of bring your horse into dangerous situations when you lose them or you do something where, you know, they can get free and um, they have to pay donuts for exactly these safety things. If they do not go in pairs because they don't know the horses that well, you know, so they always have to go together to go and get their horses that's just if something happens to one uh, another person will be there to assist and helmet for example so if they forget to put their helmet on when they're working with the horses so all of the safety issues this is kind of the donut rule and yes um, I also did um, take that home and whenever my students um, do these safety uh, mistakes, then um, they have to find somewhere donuts. And it's really funny because they are not that common in Germany. So they have to get creative to find donuts. So I, I don't eat donuts. And so at my house, you have to buy me a bottle of wine. There you go. That works. Yeah. yeah. I mean, come on, like, let, let, I don't eat donuts. They're just going to go away. So uh, you can find some wine down the street. It's fine. Yeah, that's true. I actually had a course where it added up um, uh, because we had one horse who was already um, like a behavior pattern to turn around and uh, blast off. And then this poor little girl, she was really tiny and had this huge guy and she was hardly not possible to hold on to him. So therefore she's like, you know what? I'm just adding it up. And then uh, you get a, a bottle of champagne at the end. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, yes, that's great. That works for me. Now I, I will admit that I had to purchase because I think everybody wants to know, did Jamie ever have to buy donuts? Yes. Because let me tell you who came with me on my course, because I lived in Arizona and I was able to drive out here to the farm. And so Zeus came with me to Flag is Up Farm. And uh, 
we I used to have to do the show. We were earlier and it was like pitch dark and I'd have to drive from the bunkhouse down to the office and I would go past the uh the paddock that Zeus and, and Thor were out in. And I remember I was walking down and I didn't drive, I was walking and I look over and there's I was like, Good morning, guys. Wait, crap. Where where are my horses? And I'm uh, they're they're not there. So a shocker. Now I have had Zeus long enough to know that I should have like a hook and looped it and latched it and double chained it and padlocked it and all the things. But um, apparently he decided to take the gate off the hinges and run away. And I had to call Debbie. And I remember we're driving around at 5 a.m. in the pitch dark looking for the horses. Another time Zeus jumped out of the paddock. And cleared, uh, he scraped his belly up a little bit, but he got out. Um, so, so there's, there's definitely things that were like almost self abuse. (laughs) Like I did it to myself, but yes, I did have to buy the farm donuts. So, um, how many times have, have people bought donuts this course and what did they do? Mm, We have had three donuts. You don't have to use names, protect their privacy. (laughs) All right. I will. Um, one time, Somebody throw the clip of our long lines, which we use to uh, move the horses forward as an extra stimuli if we need to. So he did throw the clip um, towards the horse. He didn't uh, get the horse, but he did throw the clip. That's a donut rule. Then we had uh, one losing a horse. No, actually two times we we lost a horse. One time um, the horse spooked and the other time uh, Chrome, Monty's horse, kind of got really excited in his pen and jumped and looped around full full of happiness. And then this little two-year-old is like, oh, my God, what's happening? And he made a decision to turn and run back home. So that's where we had the three donuts. Like, hang on. Now, tell me a little bit, because people can get involved in these courses. It's definitely life-changing and definitely fun. And the advanced courses next week, I believe another one starts. But tell everybody, is there is there another course that other people can come and take? Yeah, we have this education system here. As um, It starts on with the introductory course, which we will have one uh, coming up in November 8th until 19th here at the farm in California. And this is all about the principles of the work Monty Roberts does. So like all about the communication with the horses, how to get in control of our own body language. So we are actually aware what we kind of communicate to our horses all the time when we are around them. And then we're going to talk about all of the learning theories in this course so that you actually know how you can um, modify a horse's behavior to the point where you like them to be because you know how they learn and what you can do to teach them uh, what you would like them to do in a way where you do not use any kind of uh, violence or force to get them to work with you, but the understanding of what the horse's needs are um, to understand what you would like him to do. And if somebody's interested in that course, where can they go to find out more or get signed up? Well, you can go and uh, look at the website um, www or www.montyroberts.com <laughs> <laughs> or you can write an email to instructor at montyroberts.com or you can call 805-688-6200. 
8888. And then you can talk to Simon, which is the resident instructor here at the moment. So he will be happy to talk or tell anybody what they want to know. All right. Well, go eat that donut. It's starting to look a little, little older, a little sad, a little soggy. So get, get on it. Um, and thank you, Denise, for coming on. And thank you for letting me participate in my first ever gentling a wild ass. <laughs> You're very welcome. That was really a lot of fun. I enjoyed it as much as you did. <laughs> gentling a wild ass. Write that down, Glenn. Uh, yeah, I like I that. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to put that in the title, though. <laughs> Make that the title. Although I'm I am sure. hungry for donuts now. I do like donuts, <laughs> and I'm really hungry for donuts. <laughs> so that's what I need to do. Every time you screw up in this show, I need you to send me donuts. Um, yeah, you know what? If one of us is going to buy donuts because of they screwing up, it's going to be you, buddy. <laughs> Every time you mispronounce a name, you got to buy. Oh yeah, well then you'd be flooded with donuts. <laughs> All right, and if I sent you that much wine, I would be responsible for you being an alcoholic, and I'm not doing that. Right. So yeah. I'd have to go to yeah. yeah you need therapy, therapy for that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, coming up next is our health segment. It's brought to you by Daily Dose Equine. It's Dr. Wendy Corin, and I saw one of our listeners or auditors was talking about kinesiology tape, which is something Jennifer uses on herself every day and her horse. So. Uh, there was this whole discussion on it, what's good, what's not, and we had Dr. Wendy on a little while ago, and I thought, I'm going to dig that out, because uh, people need to hear that again. So here is Dr. Wendy talking about kinesiology tape. Hi, Dr. Wendy. This is Jamie and Glenn on Horses in the Morning. How are you? Very well, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Is this a good time? We got you a good place? Yeah, and, and wonderful that you reminded me because uh, <sighs> I had it on my schedule and was it's going about about to do my day, and then there you are. So it's absolutely perfect. So basically, you totally forgot about us and like whatever. <laughs> Completely, <laughs> totally forgot about us. You know? <laughs> That's all right. Well, we're yeah, just going to yeah. pick your brain for just a couple minutes, if you don't mind. I I know that you are certified and you're members of all the all the um, veterinary associations, but I wanted to ask you today specifically about kinesiology tape. Um, first off, <laughs> tell it. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, um, I am a chiropractor by profession, started in human practice 40 years ago, and immediately got involved with working with animals and mobility, being a longtime horse lover, animal owner, and began getting certified in uh, equine chiropractic, equine mobility, fascial work, got more and more fascinated by it, took the rock tape courses for humans and immediately saw that the potential for making animals feel better and move better was there. So I actually wrote the rock tape equine course um, because I wanted to take one and the best way to do that was to make one. So, um, and I'm in the process of writing an online course on it and writing a book on mobility. So uh, pretty much we could talk about this forever. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. Well, we've got about 10 minutes, so let's get to the good stuff. So tell us, what is kinesiology? Kinesiology, that's simple. It's a study of movement. Okay. It's, that's that's really all that it is. Okay, so then we've got kinesiology tape, which is tape that studies movement. I don't get it. 
What is it? No, kinesiology tape is tape that enhances movement. It's tape, unlike traditional medical uh, and athletic taping, which restricts joint movement, kinesiology tape is a unidirectional. It moves in the direction of that flow of motion. So it follows the body's ability to move and it doesn't restrict it at all. So it's tape that allows motion might be the simplest way to put it. Okay. Gotcha. But how does that, how does that happen? <laughs> what's the, what's the magic um, it, of the science? You know, the magic of the science is um, maybe, uh, you know, move it or lose it is, is the underlying theme, but the, it's so not magical. And that's the problem. I think with things that are simple is they tend to have more skepticism associated with them than things that are highly complex. But kinesiology tape is elastic tape. It's made out of cotton and it has adhesive on the back and it has a 180 degree stretch so that if I put it on my body, it lifts the outer layer of skin. And I'm already anticipating your next question about hair. And by lifting that hour layer of skin, it sensitizes and reacts to the receptors in the hair follicles, which then sends a message to the brain and says, here I am. So it helps the body know where it is in space. When you know where your body is, you can move it more efficiently. But it also, by lifting that hour layer, increases fluid dynamics so that swelling that has been there can move out of the area because there's more lift, allowing expansion of those blood vessels and lymphatic vessels. I will ask about the simple. hair, but first I have another, yeah, it's simple. Uh, I have another question. Can I put it like under my eyes when I go to sleep at night and wake up in the morning with like beautiful, fresh eyes of a 20 something year old person? Oh, absolutely. You will be younger, richer. I mean, <laughs> um, uh, the answer is I have had people put it on their face overnight to help TMJ issues, horses and dogs too. Um, but, um, I stay completely out of the beauty market because it's dangerous and I'd much rather be in a stall with a horse. Okay. But would it potentially, I, <laughs> it sounds like what you're not saying is that you wear kinesiology tape to bed is what I'm hearing. And I, I, recommend I it. wear kinesiology <laughs> tape at this moment. I have it on my foot, um, due to trauma. But um, I, I have not personally used it as an aesthetic, um, although I have taped a lot of abdomens. And yes, it can help with fluid flow because it gets rid of congested. Uh, and I don't want to use the word cellulite because it's not for that. But by reducing compartments and increasing flow, you make tissue look healthier. Oh my God, we're going to be younger and skinnier at the end of this conversation. Woo! I'm excited. Where can I get some of this? Hold on. Before we get to that, okay, perfect. So we've got, so if you get some of this tape, uh, how, th th there are certain like meridian lines on your body. You have to put it on. Like, how do you know where to put it? Or do you have to have a professional do this for you? No, it's a, the beauty is that it's, very, very simple to apply. And although professionals can take it to the next level, when you know the simple principles, for example, uh, my horse, 
my horse likes to bite himself because he's a little aggressive with flies. That can cause a pinch in the skin. The pinch in the skin then causes him to tighten up, which makes him circle to the right. All I have to do is stretch him to the left, lay the tape across it, it lifts the skin, gets rid of that wrinkle, gets rid of that contraction. It's, it's very easy if you understand the underlying principle that you're not taping it. It's not directional. The lift is always in the center. You take the area that you want to feel better and you put it in the center of the tape. You take the area you want to move better and you make sure you cross over different areas of muscles. So for example, if I want to work on the hamstring, I'm going to start up on the butt, go through the hamstring and down to the leg so that the area I want to mobilize is connected to the areas above and below. Okay. That's so, Does so, that make sense to you? Yeah, so, so it, it just seems to me like... It's not a meridian, okay. so to speak, because meridian specifically, and, and my son is a veterinarian and an acupuncturist, so we, uh, we talk meridians a lot, but fascia covers every single inch of the body inside and out. It's mm-hmm. along the entire outer layer of the human equine canine it's around every muscle it's around every blood vessel it's around every cell so when you lift the tape on the outside you're actually through tentacles that grow down uh skin ligaments to the layers below you're also affecting dynamics way below where you're taping yeah so it's a very very global approach but it doesn't it's not a linear approach it's it transcends muscles, meridians, because if you look at the way fascia exists in the body, it looks more like a bag you carry onions in where it expands in all different directions. And I know a lot of people are using, I know this is what Jennifer does, is to actually help support ligands, ligaments and tendons that are weak for whatever reason um, or, you know, have had issues in the past. So that's why she uses it on her knee. It's basically to help support that to provide to really act as one in place of the the bad one? Well, yes and no. It really more informs the brain that that area is there. And when it's put on correctly, it's telling the brain how to move it by focusing on the entire joint structure. When you use the word support, it's more like a restriction and it's not, supporting it in the um holding it up it's more it's more emotional support uh-huh. and and i don't mean that in like you know rah rah yay team emotional support <laughs> there's no pom-poms the, <laughs> <laughs> there could be pom-poms you know <laughs> the, during quarantine i'm seeing a lot more costuming than than i see not during quarantine um and i appreciate that but it's more decreasing threat Mm. And, you know, if you're afraid something's going to hurt, you avoid it, then you you restrict and you start moving inappropriately and then other things break down. Uh. So when you create a track for the knee with that tape, and that's true on a hawk for a horse or a knee for a human, you're then decreasing the threat, allowing that motion to happen more fluidly. And everything else in the body relaxes and starts to move more normally. 
you know, it'd be fascinating to get that you kind of support. You and your son together just to be a fly on the wall with y'all's conversations. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of healing going on there. Oh, now, there is a lot of healing going on. <laughs> That's a fact. Can you uh, be used? Together would be lovely because he's in New York and I'm in Florida. So yes, <laughs> please, please arrange that. Uh, someday, someday it'll happen again. Yes, um, can I, you I reuse that. the tape? Is it reusable? No, or no. absolutely not. Uh, no, as a matter of fact, if you touch the backing while applying it, you probably have to throw it away. Um, the, the adhesive, there's something, and here's magic. There's something in our skin or sweat that denatures the glue so quickly that the proper application technique is you handle the backing and you never touch the tape itself, or you'll literally minimize the ability for that tape to stay on at all. If you don't touch the tape, I've had the tape stay on for over a week on humans, for four or five days on a horse, for over a week on a dog. And the hair makes it stick better. So I I prefer taping hairy humans, hairy dogs, and hairy horses. (laughs) The cleaner they are, the worse it is. Like, you know, you give me something that has Shoshin on it, there's no point. It's not going to stick. So, you know, let them, let them go out, let them roll, let them be, you know, as natural as possible. And then the tape sticks longer, even with swimming. I had tape on my dog yesterday because she had surgery and the scar was knitting the outer layer of her skin to the layer below it. And it was making her very uncomfortable. Taped her and I'm in Florida. She jumps in the pool out, in, out. Tape stayed on. It's still on three days later. You know, your comment about the hair makes it stick better. That's interesting because pretty much every woman hasn't shaved their legs in about a month. So <laughs> this should really work out for all yes, ladies it listening. Makes, it makes taping the legs so much better. And if you think about it, what I miss most about going and getting my hair cut is the hair wash. And how does it feel when someone is, gently pulling on the hair on your head. And it, it stimulates so many mechanoreceptors. There's so many endorphins that are released by that. So you can make such a huge difference in pain by just lightly pulling on the hair. And the tape does that. And as we move or the horse moves or the dog moves, you're getting that continuous signal of comfort, which then makes everything better. Well, I sure am glad that you didn't forget that we were going to call you because this has been a very fascinating <laughs> conversation. Where can people find out more, ask you questions, all that sort of stuff? I love questions. Uh, the name of my Instagram and my Facebook account is Equiline, and that's spelled E-Q-U-A-L-I-G-N-K-9, the number nine. Because we are there for the horses, the equestrians, and the dogs. So it's equiline. And the way you spell it has the word align in it. Because that's really our philosophy. It's all about aligning mind, body, and spirit, human and horse, and dogs. Because we love them. Here I am hanging out with Janet Geyer the lady who invented Daily Dose Equine Horse Feeds. All of those formulas are from her big brain. And the latest in the lineup of non-GMO verified horse feeds is something called Mass 
no sass, which I think is adorable. So what led you to develop this feed and who's it for? Well, okay. So uh, I have a horse named Charlie and Charlie was actually eating carb buster. But what we were doing was adding a lot of barley into his feed. And we were going through bags of carb buster and bags of um, barley. And I thought to myself, why don't I just make a feed out of this? It would be perfect for all these horses that need extra weight, but they don't necessarily need to get hot on something like oats. So what we did is create the product, which is Mass No Sass, which is uh, basically made of alfalfa and timothy hay. And then we put some barley in it, which digests in the foregut, keeping them nice and calm. Uh, we put in a lot of vitamins and minerals. That's how it all got started. Charlie's fault. <laughs> it's Charlie's fault. So this is an ideal feed for what you might call hot-blooded horses, the thoroughbreds, the Arabians, right. the horses that, that need those calories because they have a, a metabolism that requires it, but they really don't right. need any extra energy of the naughty sort. Right, exactly. It keeps them nice and calm. Um, it's got a lot of fat in it, so it's 15% fat. It's 21% fiber, so it's really healthy. And uh, they seem to really enjoy it, which is nice. Something that's a little bit different about daily dose equine horse feeds, too, is the feeding rate is a little bit different than most commercial feeds because you don't have the extra stuff in there. So what is the recommended feeding rate to get your horse started on mass no sass? Mass no sass should be fed at a rate of four pounds a day for an 1,100-pound horse. That's pretty if low. you've got a really skinny guy, <laughs> you could go up to five, mm -hmm. but yeah, it's pretty low. We also added in some edible clay into this formula as well as lysine. So lysine is the first uh, rate-limiting amino acid, and uh, we added that in along with canola oil and peas. There we so go. the omegas are really great in there, and uh, the horses just love it. It's not just high in fat. It's high in the good kinds of fat. Exactly. There we go. That makes a difference. So if you want to learn more about Daily Dose Equine Horse Feeds or find a local dealer near you, you can go to www.dailydoseequine.com. Or alternately, if you need to buy yourself a bag or three of Daily Dose Equine Horse Feeds, and there are six different formulas, you can go to Chewy.com, and there you will find fast and convenient nationwide shipping. Well, I have Debbie on here from Gentle Carousel Miniature Therapy Horses right up the street from me in Gainesville. And uh, many of you that have been longtime listeners know they've been on our show several times. And I've actually got to meet them in person for one of the shows. Hi, Debbie. Hi, Glenn. So good to talk to you again. It's been a couple of years and you guys are still out doing your thing with the minis. We are. You know, it's almost been 25 years that wow. the charity has been working. So time goes by fast. You had to be one of the first ones out doing therapy horses, especially with minis, if it was 25 years. Yeah, we've, we've broken some glass ceilings at hospitals and places where people really wouldn't think of of miniature horses working over the years. So yeah, I think at, at the time we started, it was just a crazy idea. <laughs> and tell me exactly where you are right now, because you're actually out doing a, a, a therapy session right now, right? 
we are visiting. We have been visiting with a big group of veterans outdoors at, at a park. So I am actually sitting right now at a picnic table under a tree. <laughs> and uh, and I can see them all still gathered with horses uh, in the distance. So, yeah, that's what we were doing this morning. We do a lot of work with veterans in veterans hospitals and then with Gold Star families as well across the country. So they're a big, big part of our heart. For new listeners, how many minis do you have that go out and do therapy? Uh, we have 23 trained miniature horses in the United States, and we also have a team in Europe that we trained here that are now working over there. Oh, wow. So, you know, we, we stay, we stay pretty busy and, uh, you know, gentle carousel, the horses do a lot of work in children's hospitals and veterans hospitals, but they also get called in. Um, they were called the day after the shooting at Sandy hook, which I think we were on your show yep. it was uh, in Newtown right after or that right was, during that. I think, yeah, we were getting ready to leave yeah. to head up there. And they were at the, uh, the Emmanuel African Methodist church in Charleston for the funerals there. They were asked to come down at the Pulse nightclub, uh, in Orlando and then, you know, there have been so many natural disasters. They were out in Moore, Oklahoma, after the children were trapped in schools by the tornadoes a few years ago. And uh, we spent Christmas in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, after the fires, you know, that were in Gatlinburg and, you know, all those kind of things. And then we recently returned from Surfside in Florida, um, working with families and first responders involved with the condo collapse. Oh, that one in Miami so do down a, there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, they stay they stay pretty busy, and then you know we've had to adapt over the last year and a half. So we do a lot of outdoor events, and you know we're we've been very careful. But we also still work with children that we know and follow up with. That normally the horses would meet them in person when they come into town uh, for chemo treatments and things. So we've been using FaceTime. And they get there's a pony on the phone for you, and <laughs> their favorite that. horses still still check in with them all over the country to see how they're doing. So we've just tried to adapt the best that we can. Yeah, I was wondering and, about uh, you guys last year. It must have slowed down a bit. You know, I think we were busier than ever. We set up a studio in the living room, and for usually we do library programs and programs. You know, our reading program. Is This is our 16th year of doing reading programs inside schools and libraries and mentoring programs and resource centers and high crime neighborhoods. So the horses still delivered books to people. And then we taped stories on the farm and the different libraries would play, you know, play the videos. And, you know, we so we did a lot of different kinds of things and adjusted. And a lot of it was just bringing things outdoors. We were just at a reading program at a library that we used the front lawn and over 300 people showed up on, on the, on the lawn. So we couldn't have fitted them inside anyway. So a lot of the lessons we've learned, we're just going to keep on using. Uh, so, you know, we're going to look at it from a positive point of view and go, I think we'll always be doing phone calls to kids. That's a great idea. Well, you can get, like you that. can, you can get a wider territory too. You know, you're getting more accomplished in a, in a shorter period of time. So I'm trying to remember when you guys came down and we met and we did a show at a trailer dealership lots of years ago. I'm trying to remember there was a little black little black mini that came and I cannot remember the black mini's name. You might not either. Um, I was trying to. I know who it was. 
I know it is. We have the photo of you with her. <laughs> so I do remember that little horse who's one of them that's out here today. Her name is Magic. Magic, that's it. And yeah, she's had quite a she's had quite a run since then. She was picked by Time Magazine as one of history's 10 most heroic animals. Oh wow. And she's Newsweek's Animal Hero of the Year and AARP's most heroic pet in America. And um yeah, so she's been she's a Briar model horse. She's the most famous yeah. mini in the world. She she <laughs> she represents well because all of the horses have their own stories, but she kind of represents what all of the horses do. And she'll have a documentary that's coming out next year that we're excited about. And uh, so she she stays busy, but we're also very careful with her and the other horses. The individual therapy horses only work two days a week, and they actually live very, very natural lives, even though they do unusual things. I mean, when you see a horse, when elevator doors open in a hospital and little horses start coming out, I mean, it's always super exciting. And, you know, they're, they're kind of out of context to see a horse indoors. Nobody's thinking about having chemo. They're just thinking that there's a horse in their room. (laughs) But when the horses are home, they have a lifelong herd of horses that they live with. They have acres to run on. We have a team of eight Marema sheepdogs that are livestock guardian dogs that live with them. They're basically the same size as the horses. And so that that allows them to be safe and live a very natural life. So they're out running and playing and, you know, doing all the horse things, even though they have unusual jobs to do. So now you guys, too, this is something new that I just heard about today. You have a book coming out. It's called Mini Horse, Mighty Hope, How a Herd of Miniature Horses Provides Comfort and Healing. So is this the first book about them? Um, It's the first book that I have written, uh, other than a children's book last year called Mercury and Sirius, about one of our Marema sheepdogs and his best friend, which is a a little horse, Mercury, that looks just like him, that they became best friends when they were babies. But this new book, which actually is going to be released nationally October 19th, is just stories about the horses through the years, things that they've done. It's got pictures in it, and it's available at all major booksellers like Amazon and things like that. So, yeah, Mini Horse, Mighty Hope, and uh, it's, it's an inspirational book about all the ways that you know, all horse lovers know that horses touch people and make a difference in their lives. And I think that's probably been one of the the most encouraging things about what we do is to be with people, even in their last moments, that were horse lovers. And I think all horse people can understand that. We were up in in New York City because Magic was teaching a class at Columbia Medical School and had <laughs> been invited to the 9-11 Memorial. And there was a woman in uh, Mount Sinai, who's, there's a picture and story about her in the book, but she had been an equestrian her whole life and did not have family. And she had this great, fantastic young doctor who said, what do you want? And she said, because they knew she was very near the end of her life in intensive care. And she said, I just want to lay in a pasture filled with horses. And she was in the middle of Manhattan. But we were able to walk uh, through Times Square (laughs) to get to Mount Sinai and to get in there and really, you know, surprise her and meet her. And uh, 
she got her wish granted and she passed away just a few hours later, but she was able to be with a horse one more time. And I think when situations like that come up, horse lovers really know what, what that feels like and what that means to, to people. And, uh, and, and not everything is sad. You know, people are like, I, I always tell people too, in the worst of circumstances, you know, you always see the best in people and I wish we could bottle it and take it home because it is, you know, when you're in a disaster area or something like that, you just see people being kind and helping people. And there aren't the kind of conflicts. I mean, magic was even uh, invited to Congress. She visited Congress and uh, it was probably the only thing they agreed on all year, but they all agreed (laughs) that they liked having a little horse there. And she went to Arlington national cemetery because of her work with uh, Gold Star families and things like that and the 9-11 memorial. But uh, horses bring people together. How did, and there's and, just such a love. And nobody pays for this. This is all donations that, that covers it? It is. It is. It's, uh, you know, we keep going every year. We're trying to figure out how to do it. This, you know, obviously this time of year, it's, uh, it's a challenge. We were supposed to have a, a gala last year in Ocala that got mm. canceled. Yeah, and that was your big fundraiser were, every year. That was our yeah. big fundraiser. And so we thought this year, for sure. <laughs> and uh, we had just had to cancel that again. So, you know, it's, it's always a challenge. And you think, I don't know how we're going to do this or how the charity is going to keep going. And then you'll just meet someone. And that will touch you so much. And you think, uh, like we were with this little boy at, uh, at a Ronald McDonald house, and he'd been in the hospital his whole life. He'd never been to the ballpark. He'd never been anywhere. And he was very near the end of his life, and he heard about the horses and wanted to be with the horses. And he was so happy, and he was hooked up to all his you know equipment and oxygen, but he was laughing, and he was having so much fun. And when we were getting ready to leave, his mother grabbed my shoulder and she said, we've never had a happy day and now we'll always have a happy day. Mm. And so, you know, when you have things like that happen, you think there's, we just have to keep making sure there are happy days for people and finding a way to get through with the charity. So, you know, we will always do the best that we can. Where, where Can people donate directly on the website? And what is the website? The website is uh, com, and they can donate directly to the website, which, of course, would be fantastic and awesome. And, uh, you know, and other ways, there are other things that are kind of listed on there. We have a wish list on Amazon that is always really helpful. And the horses and the dogs all get excited when the Amazon guy delivers because sometimes <laughs> it's horse treats. <laughs> They're like, horse treats, horse treats, or dog food for the livestock guardian dogs. So, yeah, they're they're very enthusiastic and will run down to the end of the pasture when they see the Amazon truck, which is always funny. And, you know, and things aren't always, you know, we do handle a lot of really sad things, but, you know, there are also some really amazing, fun things. Uh, Magic did... Uh, Dance Alive, the National Ballet at the Phillips Center in Gainesville with her tutu on and all the professional <laughs> ballet dancers to uh, for children who were deaf or blind, who got to sit on the stage and feel the vibrations and touch her and things like that. Or she's been on stage in Nashville. And, uh, you know, so there, there are some really heartwarming, really wonderful things that happen too. In fact, just 
just a short time ago, a couple of weeks ago, we were at an assisted living program outdoors. And uh, there was a, a couple there. They'd been together since they were 12 years old and they were in assisted living together. And uh, he used to pick her up on horseback because he was too young to drive. And so they were just so excited to have a picture of them with a horse again at this assisted living program. So you just get to hear some really heartwarming stories and you get to meet some amazing people. There was a a hundred year old veteran there who brought a date to the visit. (laughs) How old was she? (laughs) She was in her late nineties, but he was a hundred years old. And I'm like, I really appreciate that you use the opportunity of the horses visiting to make it a date night. He's still a player. (laughs) Still a player in assisted living. That's funny. So, but yeah, so, you know, horses are just special and sometimes you're with people who have been with horses their whole lives. We were with a gentleman who'd been the stunt double for the Lone Ranger and Roy Rogers and just wanted to be with a horse one last time. And and then sometimes you're with people who just have, there was a 101-year-old, 102-year-old veteran who had never touched a horse before. And he just wanted to say that he had touched a horse. So he was able to walk the horse down the hallway from his wheelchair. And, uh, you know, so you, you see a big range of people, but horses are just magical and they're special and there's something about them and, and you've met magic, but our horses tend to be on the very small side of miniature horses. They're very proportional and healthy, but they're, they tend to be smaller. And so they're, you know, a big horse can be kind of daunting for somebody, but these little blue eyed horses that come up, they're just, they're not threatening and they are just kind of magical. Well, we're, we've run out of time. Thank you for doing what you do. It's, it is amazing. And it's amazing that you've been able to keep it uh, going this long. One of these days, you're not that far from us. I got to come up there and, and visit everybody. You do, or we will bring people to you as well, because we <laughs> we spend a lot of time. We did reading programs in Ocala all summer, weekly reading programs outdoors at the marketplace. So we, I want to come around. up to the farm and meet everybody. That's I want to come play in a <laughs> okay. field full of minis. That sounds like a great time. Okay. That sounds good. <laughs> thank you, Debbie. Well, the thank book, you so the, much for having us. The book can be pre-ordered right now on Amazon. It's Mini Horse Mighty Hope. And of course, if you just look up uh, Gentle Carousel Miniature Horses on Facebook, you can see all the pictures of all the cute little minis right there. And Debbie, we'll have you back again soon, okay? Okay. Thank you so much, Glenn. Time to learn why some days you're embarrassed to be part of the human race in Jamie's Weird News. And yes, it is weird news. It is weird things that happen all around the world that people will read. And now if you see a weird news story and you're like, wow, I'm reading it and this is really weird, email it to me. I want to know about it. And so what you do is you take that link and you send it to me, jamie at horseradionetwork.com. You put weird news in the subject line. I'm not going to dime you out and say which one is yours. I'm just going to tell you that we did have a lot of submissions. Even Glenn sent a couple in today, along with Laureen, Allie, Sarah, Scott, Andrew and Elizabeth all emailed <laughs> stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's good. And 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 um, you know, I'm going to give you this time, Glenn. I'm going to give you the subject, and I'm gonna I'm going to give you like the headline of some of these, and you tell me whether you want to hear this or not. Okay. Okay. So <clears throat> this is the first one, and it comes out of Ohio. 
And it's haunted house actor accidentally stabs 11-year-old with a real knife in Ohio. Okay. I mean, obviously nobody died or I wouldn't be doing the story because I don't do dead people and weird news. No, I'll um, skip that one. Uh, well, no, I'll just tell you, this is the Cuyahoga County Fairgrounds, which is literally right down the street from where I lived in Ohio when I used to live there. And basically, this teenager, I'm just going to give you the uh, abbreviated okay. version. A teenager took a real knife and was stabbing the ground, accidentally stabbed a kid in the toe. <laughs> like, How do you accidentally take a real knife? Yeah, no, he didn't accidentally. He thought it was gonna, gonna be a good prop. He took uh, a real knife, was stabbing the ground, and somebody walked by and he accidentally stabbed him through his crock and uh, sliced geez. his toe. They called security. They called the ambulance. Came over, taped up his toe, and he continued through the rest of the haunted house. Why would you keep going? <laughs> Go home. They have real knives in there. Everybody should leave. Run away. Anyway, the no charges were filed, but they did ask him to not bring a real knife into yeah. the yeah, no house. <laughs> no kidding. Uh, um, this one is fun. Uh, let's see. I believe this is one of the ones that you sent me, maybe. And it's uh, the, 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 the title is How a Garbage Truck Crash in Sterling oh, yeah. Heights Uncovered a Marijuana Grow Operation. <laughs> Would you like to hear that one? Yeah, this is a good story. <laughs> Real quick, basically, somebody ran a red light and the garbage truck had to swerve to hit, miss him and ran into a building. And it's an abandoned building. But as the uh, police were walking around looking at the abandoned building, they walked in through there's a big hole in the side of this building where this truck ran into it. And they walk in the building and they're like, oh, wow. This is all illegal drugs <laughs> through this entire building. Um, so this is in Michigan. Is marijuana legal in Michigan? Can you grow it there? I guess not in this particular, not in abandoned <laughs> buildings, probably. <laughs> like, probably need a license. Yeah, you, need, you can't do it in abandoned buildings. You have to do it in, uh, in only approved buildings. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> those people are Um, this would, you know, when you think of like really cute animals, aside from the, the donkeys, you think of like otters, you know, like, oh, like you see an otter, you're like, oh my God, it's so cute. And you see them and they lay around on their back and they hold hands with each other when they sleep and it, they're just adorable. Uh, well, here's what's going on in Anchorage. Fish and game are hunting for culprits after there have been numerous River otter attacks. These two <laughs> little bandits are turning against humans. And they are apparently, there's a pack, a rogue pack of a river gang. otters <laughs> that, uh, they're a gang. They're, it's gang violence, actually. It's gang war. <laughs> a nine-year-old boy was bitten by river otters. Why, why are you getting that close? Somebody tell them, tell your son to back away. I don't know. Maybe they're charging them. They're basically a woman was bitten while rescuing her dog. It's a group of river otters that <laughs> they apparently river otters have a huge, they, they travel quite a bit. And this is like, like a gang of river otters that are going around and attacking humans. And so now, um, they are 
people the fishing game is on the hunt. They've got to remove these animals because they are a risk to public safety. <laughs> because you see River out here like, oh my God, it's so cute. Why do I have West Side Story in my head? All of them with little leather jackets and switchblades. <gasps> that's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. They're like snapping. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, it's exactly the They better not go in Nigel's field. They ain't got a chance. <laughs> <laughs> he will gonna take them out. Did you get the email I sent you about asking... No, uh, I, I didn't, I didn't uh, check emails. I, I sent you an email because I really wanted this news story uh, because it's, it's, it's a European news story. And this is actually, this is in, I think, Australia. But the news story actually happened. It's so strange. I can't even, you'd have to hear, you have to hear the audio. But this is somewhere in a third or second or third world country. Uh, they'd be saying, oh, oh, wait okay. a minute. Here we go. You, I think I found it. Let's see if it yeah, works. Please. See I probably have a, five commercials to go through before. Let's see if it works. Oh, no, there's uh, uh, several commercials, it looks like. Okay. <laughs> this is apparently in Indonesia. But oh, here the- we go. Here we go. A monkey riding a mini motorbike filmed snatching a toddler. The animal, which appears to be on oh the ground, is then pulled down the street with the child. Thankfully, locals chased the monkey away, and the toddler... Oh, my God. This poor toddler. The monkey grabbed the toddler and went down the street, grabbed him and ran down the street, dragging the poor toddler along. He did, but but, (laughs) did you see how the monkey got... Yeah, he was riding this little tiny, uh, like, bicycle thing. (laughs) Okay, let me just paint this picture for those listening. (laughs) This is a little monkey, like a little rhesus monkey, and he is riding... A tiny little motorcycle. And he drives a monkey, drives his motorcycle down the street, grabs hold of somebody's baby, and somehow the monkey is on a rope. And then the rope is pulled, and the monkey and the baby start flinging backwards to God knows where before the monkey finally let go of the baby. So this is probably the weirdest news, weirdest, weird news weird. story I've ever done. Cause it, but there's video. There's video. There's video. It looks like it was a some kind of cam above. But like I, I got the, the thing to, and I was like, this is ridiculous. A monkey on a motorbike steals think a the toddler. monkey was like, trained to do that? Well, he's no. obviously trained to ride the little bike. I mean, my it friend has a monkey, he does fairs, and the monkey takes money from people, but he's never been just taught to steal children. That's not in his list of things to do. L- let me repeat this. Monkey on a motorbike <laughs> steals toddler. That's like that, I, That's the weirdest weird news story yeah. of all time. Um, there was a, a there's a a school called the Brunswick Academy. It's a private school in Brunswick County, Virginia, and a drone landed on the property, dropped off a package and took off inside the package, marijuana and cell phones. Why would marijuana and cell phones be dropped off at a Academy, a private school in Brunswick County? Do you know why, Glenn? Well, I'm I'm guessing. (laughs) Apparently, the Lawrenceville Correctional Facility is just down the road. (laughs) He dropped it at the wrong place. 
Wrong, <laughs> wrong walled facility, people. <laughs> you have flown your drone to the wrong place. Oh, God, that's funny. So, yeah, there that you go. That's all fun. I needed to tell you about that story. <laughs> the arrests are being underway. Okay. <laughs> Do you have any more? Yep. All right. Oh, wait a minute. What happened? Oh, there we go. Sorry about that. Okay, this is the last one. And you know where we have to go when I have a weird news story at the end. Where Where's the weird news story coming from, uh, Glenn? Florida. You got it, Florida. So last Saturday, there was a car dealership and a car was stolen from the dealership. And, you know, they've, they've got security cam footage, but they couldn't really tell who stole the car and what happened. But yes, on the lot, somebody, you know, jimmied one of the cars open and like hotwired it or whatever they do. I don't know, whatever the terms are. And they stole a car, drove it off the lot. Well, they, you know, come in, this was like Saturday night, like morning at 2 a.m. or whatever. So it's, this is in Lake City, Florida. And they're a like, bummer, you know. Um, then um, last Monday, a man came in and uh, was trying to trade in a vehicle. He wanted to trade this one car for a new car, you know, like straight up. I, have, I bought this new car and I'd like to trade it. And so the uh, employees ran the VIN number and realized this man had brought the stolen car back to the same dealership <laughs> he stole it from and tried to trade it in. I would play the loser sound effect, but he's just a dumbass. <laughs> oh, my God. It's a, it's a Chrysler Dodge Jeep dealership <laughs> on Monday. Lake City police responded to a report of a stolen vehicle. That's right. He stole the vehicle on Saturday and Monday morning tried to bring it in for a trade. This was the highlight of their life. They have no cars to sell right now. They're bored to death. <laughs> this guy was. Uh, the man did admit to stealing the vehicle, adding that the crime was captured on the dealership's camera system. <laughs> Just... And now they know who it was. Yeah, they you can bring it to from... the shady used car dealer down the street, not where you stole it from. You know, meth is bad, people. Meth is meth really is... bad. Well, don't do drugs, kids. Don't do drugs. <laughs> I mean, how it's just so dumb. Like, like this, he needs a pathetic loser sound effect. Like, uh, you know, he was arrested on charges of grand theft for a motor vehicle yeah. and criminal mischief and stupidity, criminal <laughs> stupidity, criminal stupidity. <laughs> there you go. That's your weird news story. Yeah. If you come across the weird news story email it to jamie at horseradionetwork.com with weird news in the subject line he is not the only stupid one i'm going to post a video on our horse in the morning facebook page you'll be able to see it there in just a minute uh but uh i don't know if you saw the video you were busy this morning so you didn't see it of the guy who decided to take his fifth wheel camper now you know how tall they are right fifth wheel campers are probably about 13 feet tall and they're long he decided to try and take it through a dq drive-thru Oh, God. Um, so, obviously, and he has a big one-ton truck. So, he's taken it. First of all, I can barely fit our truck around through some of those drive throughs I don't drive my dually through a drive through No, you, you don't like, get your lazy butt out of the car and walk in the store. Well, he hits the top awning, of course, as he's coming around the corner. There's video of all of this. So, he hits the top awning and stops. And then, I, you know, I'm watching the video going, well, he's going to try and back up and get out of this situation. No. He decides to press the gas harder 
to try and get through and rips the top of his camper and the awning off the building. And then he stops and realizes this ain't going well. So he did it again. He backed up a little bit and he drove forward again, ripping pretty much the whole side off the camper. Yeah, that's not how that works. It's not an inflatable <laughs> camper. <laughs> Just, I would like to point out you know that how much I, those I, cost. <laughs> that's so stupid. Was he close or was he no, like way off? No, he wasn't going to make that turn in a thousand years. And and you know those run about fifty grand. And you know that this video has gone viral. The insurance company seeing him going, we're paying for that. So, paying for that. And not only that, he's going to have to pay for the DQ, which had to be closed for a week for repairs. Oh my God, that's criminal <laughs> mischief he should be arrested for. <laughs> He's also needs to be arrested for being a dumbass. So, <laughs> drugs are bad, kids. Don't do drugs. <laughs> have you ever, be honest, have you ever tried to take any of your horse trailers through the drive thru? No, because no, I, I have, I, you know, I, I've got myself into some pickles just with tight spots. I don't even take my dually, you know, and taking a diesel truck through a drive through. Oh, you like, have to shut it off. <laughs> just. <laughs> Large T, and they're like, we can't hear you. I'm sorry, do what? You know, it's like you can't. It's too oh, when, much. When I do, stupid. You know, we tone. only have a three quarter ton, so it barely fits. But I have to turn it off to order. I mean, yeah, you can't hear out of those speakers anyway. So, uh, yeah. By the way, uh, one of our <laughs> auditors, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and then the, the only part you hear actually. You said, but I'd like. Large fry. <laughs> I, that's the only part you hear at the end is, is that correct? No, I didn't hear the whole thing. So Vicky, one of our auditors, God bless her, said, I may, have, ta- I may have taken an awning out of a donut shop with my tag-along horse trailer. I was so proud of making it around the corner. And then, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> I got to tell you, I learned something when I was a kid. And I think it was from the movie Big, which is like a tractor trailer couldn't get under an awning. And so finally, like a kid drives by and he's like, let's mare out of the tires. Then he drops it down a couple inches, you know, like, so I've always thought about that. If I ever got myself in a pickle, I just like, I don't know how to take air out of tires, but somebody would. And so I could do that. You know, if you ever get yourself in trouble. Yeah. If you're not missing it by a foot, maybe. <laughs> yeah, no, there's some, some, sometimes that's not going to help at all. <laughs> so tomorrow we will be dark tomorrow because it's the, no, actually we won't be dark. I have a special for you tomorrow. Coming up tomorrow, we're going to play two of the other shows on the network that won awards. We're going to be playing the Take the Reins podcast for you, that episode and also Stall and Stable episode that won awards at the AHP conference. So I'm going to be playing for both of those for you. So if you've never listened to those shows, it's your chance to take a listen. They're award-winning. And then Friday, we'll be giving away some prizes for really bad ads. But that's it for today. No post-show. Jamie apparently has to go play with asses. So uh, she's going <laughs> You're going to go play with an ass. <laughs> Bay neuter geld, everybody. Have a good one. That Give us an adult rating. I don't know. If you need me, call Debbie. I haven't seen any videos. Look at Facebook. Nothing. Off the grid.